Well, amen. I don't see my wife in here tonight. I had a completely different message about this thick, full of uh, wives submitting unto your husband. But um, since she's not here tonight, I won't. Uh, I'll preach that at home when we when we get home. Amen. But I can say that and get away with it. She's not in here. But it is good to be to be able to stand behind this sacred desk, stand behind pastor's pulpit, and uh, to be able to get up and preach. Um, I love to preach. Um, Years ago, at 18, uh, I kind of surrendered my life to whatever God would have me to do. And uh, not specifically to be a pastor, but any time that I can fill in or or even get to do any any part in the ministry in the church, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be the one to put my hand in there. And so, Pastor, I'm thankful for the opportunity um, for that. Thankful to have my grandparents here tonight. Um, I think uh, they're probably two of the biggest supporters I have. Um, I, can't, I can't fathom how many times they've been praying for me, uh, for all their grandkids, really, but um, that God would use us. And... Uh, your prayers. God has answered, you know, don't, don't quit praying. Um, continue to pray for us. And, but I'm thankful for you and, and your faithfulness. Um, that's a marriage that I want my, my marriage to follow after. Sixty um, something years. Sixty some odd years they've been married and uh, faithful. Um, best grandparents. Best grandparents ever. Amen. In my eyes anyway. But if you have your Bibles tonight, how many of you have your King James Bible tonight? If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn anywhere. It's all good. Amen. But if you want to be with me tonight, go to Jonah chapter number one. Jonah chapter number one. Before we get into the message, I have a little funny. Figure I'd follow in Brother Gonzo's footsteps tonight. <clears throat> if you know the joke and if you don't think it's funny, go ahead and laugh at the end anyway to make me feel good. Amen. It says, a man bought a donkey from a preacher. The preacher told the man that this donkey had been trained in a very unique way. Being the donkey of a preacher, the only way to make the donkey go is to say, hallelujah. The only way to make the donkey say stop is to say amen. The man was pleased with his purchase and immediately got the animal to try out uh, the preacher's instructions. Hallelujah, shouted the man. The donkey began to trot. Amen, shouted the man. The donkey stopped immediately. This is great, said the man. With a hallelujah, he rode off, very proud of his new purchase. The man traveled for a long time through some, some, through some mountains. Soon he, was heading down, uh, soon he was headed towards a cliff. He could not remember the word to make the donkey stop. <laughs> stop, said the man. Halt, he cried. The donkey just kept going. Oh, no. <laughs> Bible, church, please stop, shouted the man. The donkey just began to trot faster. He was getting closer and closer to the cliff edge. Finally, in desperation, the man said a prayer. Please, dear Lord, please make this donkey stop before I go off the end of this mountain. In Jesus' name, amen. The donkey came to an abrupt stop just one step before the edge cliff. Hallelujah, shouted the preacher. (laughs) I thought it was funny anyway, amen. My wife thought it was funny too, so... I want to be a help to you tonight uh, in Jonah chapter, really in chapter 1s, 2, and 3. Um, I believe, taught this in, in, in junior church several times, and to teach it on an adult level, 
um, is something totally different, I think, um, and especially with the pastor here this, this evening. Amen. So, um, but Jonah's chapter number one, two, and three, um, I entitled the sermon, But Jonah. And as we get into it, we'll see, but Jonah. Chapter number one, beginning of verse number one, said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah. But Jonah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, thankful to be able to meet in your house tonight. Lord, thankful to uh, have the opportunity to be able to preach and proclaim your word. God, I just pray that you would meet with us tonight in a very special way. Uh, Lord, as uh, we pre- I preach tonight, and if there's, if there's some things that, that are in our lives that are um, things that we need to work on, God, I just pray that tonight would be the night that we would bring it down to the altar and get things right and get things set straight. And, and God, that we would uh, be able to be faithful to you and, and want to serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, I just pray that you just be with us the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Jonah chapter number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go. My first point tonight is Jonah's call. Jonah's call, we, we see that in verse number two. It says, Arise and go to Nineveh. I think... Jonah, Jonah did have a call, and I think we as believers, those who are saved, we also have a call. Amen? I, I, don't, I don't think that... Um, I'm going to jump ahead of myself, so I'm going to just back up a minute. So we are, we are saved to be a blessing. We are saved. What a blessing that is. Amen? Someone, to, to think that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins and paid the ultimate price that we could have eternal salvation. Not only did he save us, but we also get to serve him. Now we get to turn around and we get to serve God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? I'm not working to get saved, but I'm working because I'm saved. I want to I do things for Christ. I want to I be a part of the ministry. I want to work on the bus route. I want to work in whatever area that God would have me to work in. Not, not to get saved, but because I am saved, I want to work for him. Amen. Because I am saved, I want to work for him. Amen. If you're saved, you should want to do something for Christ. What if God were to call you out of your comfort zone? I I know we as people, we all have our little box that we're comfortable in, right? What if God called you out of your comfort zone and said, Brett, I need you to, for instance, go clean the toilets. I want you to clean the toilets in the church. Mm. That's a rough one. Amen. Oh, God, my, that'd be a perfect job for my wife, amen, you know, if, can, I, can, I, can I have my wife, you know, clean the toilet for me, you know, we'll, we'll serve in that way. But what if God called you out of your comfort zone? Yeah. At 18, my, I couldn't, I couldn't ever get up in front of anybody and speak. I, I couldn't, it just, my, word, my, my words just fumbled, uh, my mouth and my brain didn't work together, you couldn't understand what I was saying. I got out of my comfort zone and I realized God didn't save me to be comfortable. <clears throat> to do things of God, to, to do what God has, is wanting you to do, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Are we going to be obedient if God calls us? That's a big question. Are we going to be obedient if God calls us? When I surrendered at 18, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. 
I think, I think in 2012, 11, um, we took a missions trip over to England. It's not a, not a third world country, um, not, not Brazil or, or Africa, um, but being a city boy that I am and having, having the convenience of a, of a McDonald's and a Taco Bell and a Walmart, we got over to England and my first thought was, man, I need a McDonald's sandwich. I need a McDonald's sandwich. And so we, we all loaded up and they, they took us over to McDonald's. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. It didn't taste anything like American food. Their sausage was yeah. terrible. <laughs> and then you go to get your cup and you had to pay for ice. Mm-hmm. What is that? You have to pay for ice. Like, I want a cold drink. Well, that's, I, I don't know what they, what they used over there, what kind of foreign, foreigncy or currency. Currency, there we go, foreigncy. What, what kind of currency they used, but you had to pay for ice. And we get over there. We're, I was so used to the American way and to, and to just having the convenience of everything. I was kind of comfortable in that area. But when we went over to England and we were on a mission trip, we were there for one thing and one thing only. It wasn't to go sightseeing. Yes, we went sightseeing, but it just wasn't to go see, to sightsee. It wasn't to, to go to the, to the uh, uh, shopping center, the shopping malls, and go, go eat pastries and fish and chips. We were there for one thing and one thing only, and that was to pass out tracts and literature to people who needed Christ. And, and over in England, they're, they're so, they're so uh, um, t- uh, tight. I don't know if that's the right word. They're so hard to communicate the gospel with, just like other foreign countries and, and even here. But you go to England and, and you, you really couldn't talk to nobody. You just stuck it in their door and left a track. And then you walked up a driveway and then you walked over and walked up. It was, a, it was a hill, up and down, hill, up and down. Oh, you got so much exercise over there. I wasn't comfortable. I was out of my comfort zone doing that, right? But going over to a foreign country made me realize we are so blessed here in America. We, 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 have, every, we, we have a lot of things that a foreign country doesn't have. And I would love to go to Brazil, and I'd love to go to Africa one of these times, and just, just to get the, the, the feel for the feel of what the missionaries have and, and what they go through. They don't have electricity all the time or, or running water or a, a TV, amen. But what if God called you out of your comfort zone? How would you respond? How would you respond? I believe the safest place to be as a Christian is in the middle of God's will. I believe the safest place to be is in the middle of God's will. If God is calling you to go to a foreign country in Africa or go to Zimbabwe or, or wherever the Lord is calling you to go, go. Go. He was talking about it just earlier. People aren't uh, answering the call, so the prisoners are doing it. That's awesome, to, that's awesome to hear that a prisoner got out of prison, and now he's teaching other prisoners. The safest place is in the center of God's will. When you find the will of God, it'll give you what this world can't. When you find the will of God, it'll give you what this world can't. We look to this world so many times as humans, and, and, and we're trying to find the, the temporal thing. We're trying to find the, 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 the pleasure thing, and we're just trying to grasp it. And, and, and it's not going to give you what God can give you. It never will. It might, it might for a moment but it can't give you what God can give you. One thing that, that I, I think of, God has never saved one person just to sit in the pew. Did you hear me? 
God has never saved one person just to sit in a pew. We are all supposed to do something. If you're not called a pastor, you can be called to, to, to come up here and, and, and uh, uh, vacuum the floors. You can come up here, you can, you can uh, 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 dust the auditorium. You can be called to something. You can be doing some kind of service. You may not have to pastor or be an evangelist or go off, off into a foreign country, but God has called each and every one of us to do something. You just got to be willing to answer the call. You have to be willing to answer the call. God has a calling and a purpose for your life. God has a calling and a purpose for each and every one of us. Do you ever look back in your life and, and wonder where you could have been if you didn't answer the will of God, if you didn't answer the call of God? I remember back at 18, I was on the verge of in and out of church really didn't care. And if it wasn't for my youth pastor, I probably wouldn't be here today. And I look back and, and I see all, all the, the friends that I grew up with and the, and the lives that they're living and the destruction in their lives that they have and, and the turmoil and, and, and every, everything that they're going through. It's like if you would have just followed God, if you would have just done what God had told you to do, not called you to, to, to go off into some uh, uh, mission field, but just to stay faithful in church. If you just stayed faithful in church as the preacher kept preaching day in and day out, as our youth pastor kept preaching day in and day out, stay faithful, be faithful, stay faithful, be faithful. They, they threw it all away. They thought, well, their way was better than God's way. Nine times out of ten, that's never right. God's way is higher. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Throw everything you have away. Throw your desires, throw your passions, throw everything away and say, God, I surrender to you. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever type of service, whatever type of ministry you want me to serve in, I surrender to you. I found it very fitting tonight that we sang, I surrender all. I was talking to Brother Bingham this morning. I didn't even think about correlating that song with tonight's message, but it fit just perfectly. I surrender all. I surrender all. Number one, we see, let me go back, Jonah's call. Number one was Jonah's call. Number two, we see Jonah's cost. We see Jonah's cost in verses three and four. But Jonah rose up to flee under Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to, to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare of, he had to pay, he paid for it. He paid the fare of, and went down into to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea that the ship was to be broken. I'm chewing gum, and it's all over my lips now. Don't ever chew gum while you're preaching. Amen. Amen. We see number two, Jonah's cost. Is your life going to be a life where God chases you around or you, will you learn at an early age to serve God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might? We look back, we see Jonah's call, and we see his cost. And I think when we start running from God, it's, it's, when we start running from God, it's, it's a consistent downward slope. If you ever look at anybody's life, and if we were honest tonight, if, if you were to sometimes go back and look at your life, any time that we run from God, if we go off of the track that God has put us on, it's always a downward slope. 
It's never an upward climb. It's never, maybe a, it's never a steady climb, but it's always down. When we run from God, it's always a downward slope. Jonah had, to pay their, the, Jonah had to pay the fare thereof. Jonah had to pay something in order to go away from what God had told him to do. And I'm thinking in my mind, where in the world was Jonah going to go to run from the presence of the Lord? And as I was studying this afternoon, I was like, it's one of them omni words. And all I could think of was omni. He's omni. It's close. But omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's here. He's in Mexico. He's in Europe. He's in Brazil. He's in Africa. He is everywhere all at the same time. Where in, how in the world did Jonah think that fleeing under Tarshish, he was going to flee from the presence of the Lord? I, I think that Jonah had the knocking on his heart saying, you know you're not supposed to go this way. You know you're not supposed to do this. I've told you I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to cry against Nineveh. I want you to do what I, uh, I want you to go towards Nineveh because I have something special there for you to do. But no, Lord, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go into Tarshish. I'm going to do my own thing. God, forget what you said. If, I, I, if we're honest tonight, we've all been there. God has told us to go somewhere. God has told us to do something, but yet, ah, no, I'm going to go this way. My plan is better than God's plan. As of right now, what I can see is better than what God... It's, it's out of our comfort zone. If we're ever going to be able to serve God and do what God has called us to do, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. It's going to be a little... It'll be a little uncomfortable. My first time going out on door, door knock, soul winning. I was a teenager, and I had another younger teenager with me. Not going knock on this door... And it was this lady. She didn't have anything on. What do you do? And I had this little, he's probably 13, right behind me. I kind of stand in front of him and trying to make eye contact with her and just trying to, I really didn't know what to do. I handed her a track and she slammed the door in our face. And that was a little uncomfortable. I was out of my comfort zone. But the, I think I've had more times where I've had situations where I've talked to people and they were more open. Yeah, it might have been uncomfortable, but they, they, they might, sometimes they would have, they, they would have gotten saved or, or, or at least got to share the plan of salvation with them. But there's been those times where they've slammed the door in my face and we don't need the gospel. We go to so-and-so church, and we're, we're, we're faithful members there, and we don't need God, or, you know, God's not important in our life. If we're going to do things of God, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. Jonah had to pay the fare of, pay the fare thereof. It is dangerous to say no to God and to God's plan. Let me say it again. It is dangerous to say no to God and to God's plan. We see right here in Jonah, Jonah told God no. Jonah, or God, sent this big well to Jonah. Jonah, fl Jonah fled from the Lord. God is omnipresent. When we flee from the Lord, are we, I mean, you think about it. He's everywhere at the same time. Where are we going to run to? Where are we going to go that is going to flee from the Lord? If we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, living inside of us, knocking on our heart's door, and God's telling us to go one way. And yet we're going to go a totally opposite way. Hey, you're not supposed to go that way. You're not supposed to do that. I want you to go this way. Follow my path. Follow my way. 
Why run from the presence of the Lord? Sin will always take you further than you wanted to go. Sin will always make you pay more than you wanted to pay and will always keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Did you catch that? Sin will always take you further than you wanted to go. Sin will always make you pay more than you wanted to, and it will always keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Sin just doesn't affect you. It affects others around you. And I think now as a, as a husband and as a father, I don't, I don't want to lead my family astray. As Pastor was talking this morning, a firm foundation, having a foundation built upon God. I want to have a strong foundation. I don't ever want, I don't ever want my foundation to crack or to, or to split or to break and then my whole household just fall apart. I don't ever want to lead my, lead my family down that pathway. The cost. We look at it. You see Jonah's punishment, but you also see God's mercy to Jonah. You think about when Jonah took off and fled, God sent this big well. Jonah, it could have killed Jonah, and he deserved it for disobeying God. But God's mercy gave Jonah another chance. When something happens in our life, we look to blame Satan a lot of times. A lot of times we give Satan too much credit, if we're honest. We give Satan way too much credit. Well, if my, my, my car broke down, well, that's Satan's fault. Or, or whatever you, you, you decide to use. We give Satan way too much credit, but most, most of the time it's, it's our own doing. Maybe, maybe God is wanting us to do something specific, but yet we, we aren't wanting to follow him and we're not wanting to follow his will. That's your fault. That's not Satan's fault. That's your fault for not, for not following him, for not obeying his will, for not doing what he told you to do. We got to take some responsibility. Responsibility for ourselves. We answer for what we do. To him to knoweth do right, and doeth it not to him is sin. To him it is sin. To him to knoweth do to do it right, and doeth to him that knoweth do right, and doeth it not to him it is sin. Amen. Amen. I might have messed that verse up, but you get what I'm saying. Amen. God has told you to be faithful. Be faithful in church, and you're not faithful. God has given you a command to go, share the gospel, but you're not faithful. To him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is. To him that knoweth to do right and to doeth it not, to him it is. Maze Jackson, you know who Maze Jackson is? There's a, uh, a message that he preached, it's, on, it's online. It's called um, God Will Burn Up Your barley, Lo- barley Field. Great message. But there's a story that Mays, ta- uh, that Mays taught in his, in his message of a preacher that was a pastor, faithful, had a church, had a family, doing everything they can for the Lord, serving the Lord, following the Lord, everything that they can. And then one day this man just up and quit, resigned the church, Got a, got a worldly job, 
got a nice paying job. They went out and bought a nice brand new house, to, brought, two, brought, bought two brand new cars. This man was a preacher. He was faithful to God. Mays Jackson found out. Mays Jackson went to go visit him, and, and he, he said, Sir, I, I heard that you quit, that you gave up. Well, Mays, we just, we're living better over this way. You know, things are, things are good this way. Things are, are okay. We're, we're, we're doing great over here. The oldest son was so involved in the church. He loved church. Mays Jackson told this guy, this preacher said, God will burn up your barley field. Knowing what you're doing, you know it is wrong, and you're going to continue to go this way. God will get your attention one way or another. This, this, this pastor told Mays Jackson, said, it's okay, preacher. We're fine. We're doing okay, and then walked off. Weeks later, this man was sitting out on their back porch, and this older boy came up to, up to his dad and said, Dad, when are you going to take us back to church? Dad, when can we go back to church? Dad, when are we going to go back to church? Dad, when are you going to preach again? Dad, when can we go back to church? And the dad just got so fed up with it. He said, son, can't you just be happy with what I have and what I've paid for you and what, or what I've given you, what I've supplied for you? Can't you just be happy with that? The boy turned around, walked away, and started went to go play with his little ball that he had. And somehow, someway, the ball bounced out into the street. Mays Jackson, or not Mays Jackson, but this preacher went back up and started reading his newspaper again, and all of a sudden he heard this, this semi-tractor lock its brakes up. And this little boy had ran out into the street and had died going to get this ball. And the father looked up, ran out to the street, had his lifeless son in his hands, and said, okay, God, I understand now. Okay, God, I understand now. Okay, God, I understand now. This man went back, went back to church, got things right with God, got things right with his church, and got things right with his family, got his family back into church. Now they're faithful in church again, but he lost something. He had to pay the price for something. When we disobey God's plan, when we go away from God's plan, when God tells us to do something and we don't do it, God has a way of getting our attention. It would break my heart. Oh, it would break my heart for something like that to happen to me. For God to have to get my attention to take one of my kids or to take my wife. I don't ever want to get to that point where I, I disregard what God wants me to do. I disregard what God has for my life. It, even if it's just to be faithful here at More Baptist Church for the rest of our lives. I'll be faithful at More Baptist Church for the rest of my life. We will serve God for the rest of our lives. We want to just do what God wants us to do. We see so many people, so many people that I grew up with, just out in the world, their lives are wrecked, their lives are shamble. And, and, and it's heartbreaking to know that all you had to do was follow what God told you to do. All you had to do was stay faithful to what God told you to stay faithful to. All, all you had to do was just stay in church. That's it. Amen. Had to pay the price. I don't ever want to get to that point where that preacher loses his boy because he's chasing worldly things, because he's chasing fame, because he's chasing fortune. I can't take a car with me. I can't take a truck with me. I can't take a home with me. But what I can take to heaven with me is Blake. 
and Brooklyn and my wife. Those are the three things that, that I can take with me to heaven. I'm praying and I'm waiting for the day to, for Blake to come up to me or, or to mom saying, Daddy, can I get saved? Daddy, I want to know about Jesus. What a day that will be when my son understands and realizes he's a sinner, that he's in need of a Savior. I don't want my wife or me to be a stumbling block to my son, to where he doesn't want anything to do with Christ, to where he doesn't want to do, have anything to do with the church or anything to do with, with God at all. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to lift up my son and lift up my baby girl to grow up and to, and to want to serve God and to want to live for God. And my son could be the next uh, uh, um, evangelist or the next pre- pastor of some church or some, some missionary somewhere. And my daughter can be a, a pastor's wife or a preacher's wife, evangelist's wife, a missionary's wife. I want my kids to grow up and love the Lord like me and my wife do. I don't ever want to be a stumbling block. I don't, want, I don't want to have to pay the price because I'm not being faithful. I'm not following what, the, uh, the, the path that God has put me on. And I don't ever want them to have to pay the ultimate price and, 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 and have to die and go to hell because, well, daddy acted one way this day and acted a different way the other day, or mama did the same thing. I don't ever want that to happen. We are living in a generation that we can live how I want and that God will let me back in. Hello. We're living in a generation that says, I can, I can be saved. I, I know I have Christ as my Savior, but I can live however I want, and on Sunday I can get it right. Come on. I, I can live however I want, but on Sunday I can come down to the altar and I can say, God, please forgive me. We, we should live every day as if Christ in person is right next to us. He lives inside of us, but, but just because we don't see him face to face, we think we can just live one way all throughout the week and then come in on Sunday and be like, how holy am I? I'm perfect. I don't have anything going on. This generation today, my generation, it kills me. It kills me to think that God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and for me. He paid, the, he, sent, he paid the ultimate price. He even turned his back on his own son and said, I cannot look upon him because he has sin on him. I, 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 turn it around. Can't look. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. And to think that we can just live however we want and it be okay. We have a free will. Yes, I understand that. But when the time comes and you're living the way that you want to live and not living the way that God wants you to live, are you going to be able to pay the, pay the price? Is the price tag going to be too high? Is the price tag going to be too high? Number one, Jonah's call. Number two, amen, Jonah's cost. Number three, Jonah's cry. We look in verse number two, or chapter number two, beginning in verse number one. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Did you catch what it said in there? And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction 
unto the Lord, and he heard me. Three subpoints under Jonah's cry. Letter A, it was a hard prayer. It was a hard prayer. You go from the Lord telling Jonah to go down to Nineveh, and he fleeing from the Lord and getting, in, getting on this boat and get going down underneath and everything happening. Waves, the boat, the, the boat uh, rocking back and forth, and then being thrown over and then being swallowed by a whale. And I believe that uh, it was a hard prayer. You ever had a hard prayer? You've had to pray. I believe, letter B, it was a heavy prayer, seasoned with repentance. A heavy prayer seasoned with repentance. I can just see in Jonah's mind, I'm I'm a visual. If I can visualize it, I can understand it more. And I watched uh, Jonah from Sight and Sound, and... Wow, amazing. Amazing how they, do, how they can just put that together. But to visualize Jonah being in the belly of the, of the whale, realizing that he made a mistake, realizing that he deserved to die, and it would have been justified, but knowing that God had mercy to give Jonah a second chance. It was a heavy prayer seasoned with repent, repentance. Letter C, it was a heard prayer. God heard his prayer. God heard his cry. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. God will hear your prayer. I'm glad I serve a God that will hear my prayer. I'm glad I don't serve Buddha. I'm glad I don't serve some statue. I'm glad I don't, I don't serve some fake uh, uh, false idol. I'm glad I don't have to go inside this little box and, and say my, 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 my prayers to a, to a pope and get my rosary beads, and then go home, and I, I don't have to mess with none of that. I can pray to an almighty God, a living God, who lives with down inside of me, that I can pray to him each and every day, and he hears my prayer. He hears my cry. Amen. Humility from Jonah is what I see. Yeah. Testifying of the goodness and grace of God. If we're honest here tonight, I think each and every one of us can testify to the goodness and grace of God. God is so good. God is so good. We don't deserve to be here. We don't, even to be here right now, we deserve to be in hell. God is so good. And his grace is sufficient. If you're honest tonight, can you say that you've been like Jonah? If we were to ask for a raise of hand saying, yeah, I've been like Jonah before. I've God has told me to go somewhere. God has told me to do something, and I've went the opposite way. A story, this little girl grew up in church, and uh, I know when I was younger, we still had flannographs, flannelgraphs. How many of you, how many of you kids know what a flannelgraph is? <laughs> Nanny's like. <laughs> but I still had a flannelgraph when I grew up. Now it's all on a tablet or a computer or uh, but this little girl grew up in school and she went to or grew up in church and she went to school and they were talking about the uh, the, the teacher was talking about uh, Jonah in the whale and how the whale never swallowed up, swallowed Jonah because the whale's mouth was never big enough. 
You got this big, huge whale, but the throat on the, on the whale was so small that it couldn't swallow up Jonah. And the girl was like, no, no, no. The Bible said it, and that settles it. That, that's good enough for me. Well, the Bible says it, that settles it. Amen? If Jonah was swallowed up by a whale, then hey, Jonah was swallowed up by a whale. I don't need to fight it. I don't need to argue it. She said, well, the Bible says it, and that settles it. And uh, the little girl and the teacher keep going back, at, back and forth, and the little girl says, all right, here's what we can do. When I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah what happened. And she says, well, what are you going to do if Jonah's not there? She said, you can ask. <laughs> Amen? That's another, that's, another, that's another laugh one right there. I thought that was a good one. But if we're honest tonight, if we're completely honest with ourselves, I think we can say we've had a moment in time in our lives that we've been like Jonah more than once. Amen? Number four, last point. Jonah's second chance. Jonah's second chance, beginning uh, chapter number three. Verse number one, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. We didn't deserve one chance. We didn't deserve two chances. We didn't deserve three chances. But I'm glad where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Amen? Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I'm thankful. Oh, I'm thankful that we serve a God of second chances. I'll tell on myself tonight, I'm thankful that we serve a God of three chances. And fourth chances. And tenth chances. And hundred chances. We serve a God that, has, that, that is so uh, uh, graceful and has so much mercy that his grace overfloweth, and it just keeps overflowing, amen? I'm so glad that we have a God that just says, when we don't mess up one time, said, you're done. You're done. Brother Means, you're done. You messed up. Brother Gonzo, you messed up. I'm so glad that we serve a God, even though when we mess up, he says, all right, I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another opportunity. I'll give you another opportunity. Come on. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another opportunity. I love you so much. Here's what I did. I sent my son to pay the ultimate price to, for you that you could spend eternity with me forever. How long is forever? Forever. Our minds can't comprehend. Our minds cannot comprehend that. But it's forever. I'm going to give you another chance. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. The word, the, the, uh, the, 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 the second chance came unto Brett a second. The second time, you know what I'm saying, amen? <laughs> God gives you chances and chances and chances. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is God is faithful, ah, he's so faithful to forgive us of our sins. We mess up time and time again, and he is faithful. He's faithful. There will never be a time that God won't be faithful. Amen to that. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful for the forgiving grace and the power of Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful for the forgiving grace. The grace. 
the forgiving grace and the power of Jesus. You don't know exactly what the call has to be, but just surrender. You don't have to know the call right now. Just surrender. That's another part of getting out of our comfort zone. Well, God, if God calls me to, to Africa, man, I, I don't know if I can make it over there. I just don't, I don't know if I can do it. I, I just don't want to surrender. If God called me to the prison ministry, I just don't know if I could do it. Those guys are rough in there. I don't know if I can make it. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Answer the call. God, I surrender all. All to thee I owe. I owe my life to him because he gave his life for me. I want to do everything that I can right now while I have the time on earth to serve him. Everything that I can. You do not know what the call has to be. Just surrender. Just surrender. Which stage are you in tonight? Are you in the calling stage? Has God called you to something, but you don't want to get out of your comfort zone? You might be in the price stage. You might be having to pay the price for something. You, you, might, have, you might have gone off, uh, off track, and you might be having to pay for it. But thankful for, for God who is, who is just, who is gracious, who has mercy, and will give us another chance to get back on the right path and to continue to follow him. Just be faithful here. Just be faithful here.